You're listening to the Law of Attraction Radio Network. The secret to well-being is discovering the power that is your birthright, the power to create a happier, healthier life drawn from our own vast internal resources. Join Jules and her guests as they gently guide you to shift your perspective from the familiar negative to the divinely connected, a place that will not only positively impact your world, but possibly shift the planet. It's all right here on Law of Attraction Talk Radio. Well, welcome to Law of Attraction Talk Radio. I'm Jules from beautiful La Quinta, California, and I'm so glad you could be with me. Tonight, I have got a very special guest, and I'm so anxious to talk to her, Dr. Sue Mortar. And she has developed this brand new program that is incredible. And I know that you're going to want to stick around and listen to it all the way through because she is so fascinating. You know, it's about looking in between the space of the atoms to be able to manifest at a much faster speed. This is really, really good quantum physics. So I want you to sit up and pay attention. And this is going to make your life feel so much better. Something about Dr. Sue, she is a member of the Transformational Leadership Council and is the founder of Mortar Institute for Bioenergetics and Healing, an organization committed to teaching individuals self-healing techniques which I am a firm believer in, and a new approach to life based on quantum physics, quantum science. And this is exactly what she's going to be talking about. You're going to love, love, love it. Also, before I bring her up, I want to mention that if you are having money issues, please go to lawofattractionradionetwork.com or LOARadioNetwork.com, it's the same place, and go look for the free money tab. And once you get into there, you can download a free hypnosis MP3 on how to attract money in your life. It's totally going to rewire the way you think about money. It's going to energize you to make money. And the more times you can listen to it, well, you've got it made. You're going to be bringing in that money. I have seen, I have heard, I have actually used it myself and was totally surprised. It's wonderful. So go there and get that for free. Just download it to your computer first, then download it to your phone and you'll be able to listen to it as you go to sleep or as you wake up, but it's free. I so want you to be prosperous because you deserve that. We all do. So just go there and get that. That's LOARadioNetwork.com. And I also want to remind you of the special event coming up in Las Vegas on May 16th and 17th. And it features Michael Loger, who is teaching all the Law of Attraction teachers how to make money using and teaching the law of attraction. He's got this whole turnkey approach that makes it easy. And do you know that you could actually start making money within a week after attending this event? So join me because I'm going to be there and I'm love, love, love to meet you in person. Um, And it's going to be a great time. 
that's February 16th and 17th. I am leaving a link down below so that you can go directly to his special event page. You can also find that on Facebook. Uh, but if you go to his site, you'll get all of the information that you need to know about how to attend. So I hope you join me and you are going to love it. And with that, let's take a fast commercial break and we'll be right back. It's here, it's hot, and it's a must read. It's the science behind The Law of Attraction magazine. Every issue brings you great articles and in-depth how-tos from all your favorite Law of Attraction experts, authors, scientists, and medical professionals. Go to lawofattractionmagazine.net. That's lawofattractionmagazine.net. Well, welcome, Dr. Sue, to Law of Attraction Talk Radio. Thank you so much for coming. Oh, it is my great, great pleasure to be here. I so look forward to digging into wherever we get to go with <laughs> such amazing uh, topics. Yeah, it's yes. uh, my favorite. <laughs> Mine too, as a matter of fact. I also want to thank you for being the cover of the April issue. I'm um, sorry, March issue. Where I, I can't get my issues straight, but March <laughs> issue. As I was saying before, everybody is just drawn to that cover. It's just beautiful. So, um, and the article was fabulous. Um, it's, it's just really, really. Ha I'm thrilled about it. So, thank you so much. My great pleasure. Absolutely. So let's dive in because you are all about energy and quantum physics, quantum science, self-healing, which I'm a firm believer in, and you've got this brand new program that is super exciting. Yes. So can we talk about energy first? Everything is energy, right? Absolutely. Everything in the whole of creation is energy, and energy is just vibrating at different frequencies in different patterns or different forms. In fact, you know, physical matter, this, this couch, you know, this pen, this whole physical reality that we live in is a, uh, an example of everything being energy. It's just energy compressed and compressed and compressed and compressed eventually creates physical matter. That's just a law of physics. And so what we now know with quantum science is that uh, we're starting to separate out, unpack the story, and see what's happening in the tiny spaces in between the particles that are compressed and comprising this physical dimension. So it's a very exciting time to be alive and to be uh, living in the presence of so much uh, scientific revelation, so many discoveries and so many uh, realizations that we're having about what reality is and who we are uh, and our role in the creation of that reality. It's a very exciting time to be human. <laughs> I agree. This is so neat. So, so you are talking about visualizing and going in between the dots. And that's what you wrote about in the magazine. I'm going, wow, this is so brilliant. 
<laughs> Could you explain that? Because that is your, your whole program. Right. Well, you know, our, our culture is looking for unity consciousness. We're awakening to the degree that we want to feel connected. And more so than just wanting to feel connected, we want to understand the nature of nature. We want to understand what the makeup of, of human consciousness is and, and who we are uh, at, at our deepest truth. And so when we talk about the dots and the space in between the dots and between the particles, you know, what I'm referencing is, let's just take you know, one tiny atom and, and think about the, the electron and the neutron and the aspects of the atom that are circulating around uh, what is referred to as a nucleus. And if we start to separate the atom with, uh, with science today, we can recognize that, that the atom is made up of subatomic particles. And, mm -hmm. and so while we uh, at one time studied molecules and then our cutting edge was uh, atoms and then our cutting edge is now subatomic material, what we're recognizing is that the empty space in between the particles isn't so empty. There's stuff in there that we're finding. And so uh, what we're recognizing is that when we get to the tiniest particle and we open it up and look at what's inside that, we're now calling it empty space as well. And what I contend is that that is really the truth of, of who we are, that, that we are the empty space. We are the spirit essence, the invisible energy in between the particles that are identifiable as the objects of our life. And if we can wake up to the fact that we are that, we start to recognize that that this is the spirit that is everywhere that that spirituality has been speaking about uh, for thousands of years that that we say that 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 God and nature and that presence is everywhere it's omnipresent and and what we're now realizing is that we have uh, an ability to manage that energy we have an ability to determine the shapes that energy is going to formulate. We have a, an ability to determine what our outer world is going to outpicture as because we have an ability to manage those tiny particles. We operate right there in that, in that realm, in that reality. That's, that's where we're actually living and breathing. We just haven't known it. And so now is a time when we can start to wake up to the fact that we are energy beings too, that not only is this couch made of energy, but that this human body is made of energy as well. And I, as the spirit form inside of this body, I have the capacity to heal it, to cause it to operate in certain fashions that, that previously we didn't really give ourselves permission to have such power. So when I talk about animating the space in between the particles, I'm talking about recognizing ourselves as the true essence, the energy being the spirit inside the form, rather than thinking that, that we are this physical mass and that we have a spirit that's going to go on someday and, and have a fabulous uh, experience beyond the experience on planet Earth. Uh, that that we too can go along for that glorious ride and and be quite aware of the process as it's uh, as it's happening here on Earth and and uh, thereafter for that matter. So that's true because energy doesn't die. I mean, energy right. is always present. So that is such a good point that you just made that we continue on. 
Yes, you know, Jewel, it's like um, this, the world of science, and I get, in, I get invited to speak into scientific communities, I get invited to speak into spiritual communities, and when I go into the scientific community, I talk about spirituality. When I go into the spiritual communities, I talk about science, because we need to blend the worlds again. We need to start speaking each other's language and realize that we're in this together, and that there's not an either-or that's happening, because science would describe it as energy cannot be created or destroyed. It, is, it just is. And spirituality would say, you are an eternal being, right? And we're saying the same thing, because what quantum science is showing us is that we are made of energy, and we have the ability to manage the energy, to formulate it into specific um, experiences in our lives. What, what the, the world of epigenetics is teaching us is that is that the cells in the body are just simply uh, responding to their energetic environment. But what we don't recognize is that we, have, we can make a difference in what that energetic environment is. We have control over managing what that energetic message is that the cells are uh, responding to. It's not just our environment out there. It's our environment in here. It's the vibrational frequency that we are vibrating as that determines what the cells receive on the surface of the cell, the antennas that are picking up these messages, uh, and then reporting that inwardly and creating a chemistry and creating a vitality in the body or not, ultimately is determined by not only the thoughts that we think, and the beliefs that we have, but the energy essence that we be, simply what we perceive ourselves to be. So if we can start identifying as the energy being itself, we can stop separating ourselves from this eternal component uh, of the conversation that, that energy is eternal, that we are an eternal being and that we are here having a conscious experience. And when we start to look at it that way, um, all beliefs start to, to kind of have to take the back seat to what, to what our true essence is and our, what our true power is, is really uh, uh, bringing forward. So what you're saying or what I'm hearing you say is that the way we think really does influence our health. So if we walk around and we're kind of miserable, somehow in some way it's going to manifest out and we're going to be sick or ill or just miserable. <laughs> that energy has to express in some way. Ah. No choice but to express in our physicality. So if we are vibrating at a frequency of um, what I reference as a, the backside of the model, where we are the victim, we're trying to, to respond to the world and react in some way and just make do with the tough circumstances that we are given, uh, we have a real tendency to, to lower our vibrational frequency, to decrease our effectiveness at truly uh, moving in the world in a way of creatorship what I refer to as the front side of the model, where we're not trying to become a, a more effective reactor or even a sophisticated responder, but that we're actually operating as the creator of our life experience, that we're generative in our thought processes, that we allow our intuitions and our inspirations to rise up to our level of consciousness and take action on that and to build a life that's based upon what we truly choose, what we feel and in our heart of hearts 
desire to have roll out in our life experience. And so if we're on the back side of the model, we have a real tendency to end up sick and constantly battling all kinds of reactive type physical conditions because we're living as a reactor in a reactive world. And none of that is really tapping into our full potential. None of it is really, really connecting with the truth of what we're capable of being and what our true purpose here on the planet actually is. So, so how do we get there? How, what, how do we change to be in that other place yeah. rather than it's the mission? side of the model type of perspective. Right. It's a great question. It's the question that's before us, right? And so one of the things that I have found in, in the 30 years of clinical research that I've been doing, and uh, on top of that, the nearly 50 years of research that my father was doing and teaching, etc. In fact, I grew up in a quantum science household. Our, wow, it was a table conversation. It, it's all I've ever known. In fact, I've wow. never gone to the doctor and gotten an antibiotic to treat some ailment. I've never done that. I've only ever utilized energy medicine as my form of healthcare. And so, so what this means is that that I have a lot of experience with how to work with this very question that you're asking. And, and what I know is that people have a tendency, we have a tendency to move up into our heads and live in our heads in an attempt to figure out what we're supposed to do to strategize, to process of eliminate, to, to do the things that we think are going to create a, as a, more, a, a greater likelihood of our survival. And the problem with that is that we get good at surviving, but we don't get so good at creating. We don't get as good at listening to our gut and our wisdom and, and being in touch with what we truly want. We, get, we have a tendency to be externally oriented and focus on focusing on things like, what should I do? How should I operate? Who should I ask? What, what should I you know, feel? What, all of this externalization of our power. And so in order to become empowered to self-heal, one of the things that I have found have to happen is that people have to get out of their heads and start to move down into the body where they can feel their true connection and ground their thought processes and feel and sense the energies that are moving through the body in a way that allows them to steward it with an unwavering presence. You know, every once in a while, people have a hunch, or they have a gut feeling that makes them question what they've been taught or, what they're, or what's being discussed or what they're being uh, asked to do. And they'll, they'll go with it. They'll have this gut feeling. In fact, I've never heard somebody say that I had a gut feeling and I went with it and boy, do I regret it. No one <laughs> said that to me. I've never heard that. But what I've heard thousands of times is, oh, I knew it. I had a feeling about that, but I didn't want to rock the boat. I didn't want to make, you know, make waves. I didn't want to be the one to question the authorities. And so I overrode my gut feeling and boy, do I regret it. Okay. So if we would do the math, we would realize that, you know, perhaps it's a good idea to start to listen and feel the gut feeling and to, to feel the intuition. But here's the beauty of it, Jewel. It's 
that we are energy beings, we are made of energy, and energy is constantly flowing through our system. It's constantly cycling through, rejuvenating and replenishing us, and constantly renewing our ability to be in touch with what is true right now, right in the here and now. And if we, as we, begin to learn how to steward that, we begin to operate in touch with all of nature, all of creation, all of the energy of all of creation, which is everything. And that's a lot, okay? When we start using that abundant flow of energy to make our decisions, our decisions place us in a can-do kind of space. Our, decision, our decisions move us onto a wave that's trying to move through our lives in a consistent fashion, delivering us to the maximum opportunities at just the right time, if we learn how to do that. And one of the number one things that I have found are necessary for that to happen is for us to uh, come out of our heads and land in the body to ground these infinite possible uh, ideas and thought forms and images that race through our mind all the time and allow us to catch them and to land them and to let them actually manifest in our lives. And, and so the law of attraction takes on a whole new meaning when we recognize that if we awaken to our potential as true creators, energy beings, and we embody ourselves, meaning we ground and anchor and integrate those energies in a way that our minds can perceive the abundance that is right here available to us, all of a sudden we're manifesting with grace and ease, without effort, without trying, because we're connecting mind, body, and spirit, mind, body, and breath into a unified force that allows us to, to have our faculties together that allow us to, to think with high potential, to think high potential thoughts and to uh, ground them and integrate them and to breathe life into them and make them real in our lives, bring them out into our world and animate them and, and breathe them into our life experience. So in order to heal, in order to manifest, in order to become our full potential, the number one thing we have to do is get, learn how to get out of our heads, learn how to get into our bodies, and to turn on circuits that are sitting there dormantly waiting for our conscious attention to be placed on them so that they can help filter this infinite energy field that's running through our system as our system constantly. When that happens, we start to uh, plug into a different way of living. So when we are in our heads, we're into our egos, right? Yes. So we have to just release the ego and just go down into our body where we can experience the energy and allow that to take over. Is that what you're saying? It was kind of interesting. We, it, we as a culture have a tendency to want to um, transcend the ego or just release the ego. Right. What I'm saying we actually have to do is embrace the ego and dissolve it back into our whole self 
because the ego is a, I call it the protective personality because people don't like to have an ego, but they don't mind having a protective personality. That's Meaning, true. You know, I had to protect myself. I had to come up with this false sense of who I am and how things are supposed to go because I didn't have any other way of coping with my early life, which is, you know, true for most of us. So, so what, what we do is we develop this false self and I, and we, it's the ego and I call it the protective personality because people don't, you know, they kind of like, we can get some real good work done then because people don't mind having one of those, but they don't like having an ego. But the, the truth of it is we don't have to get rid of it. We, it's not about getting rid of the ego. It's about harnessing those energies and moving them into our lives and letting them contribute in a more productive way because we need some form of our engaging self that that wants to thrive and wants to grow and wants to contribute and wants to in, in, enliven our lives and that that is also an action of the ego but if the ego is anchored and tethered to our wisdom and to our loving presence and to a solid sense of self and to our ability to manifest if it's working interwovenly in a fashion such as that it starts to serve a really beautiful thing it's the power that moves love into existence it's the power that allows one's shy reserved self-esteem to start to blossom into its fullness when it's integrated so we have to reintegrate the ego into the rest of our true self and allow wholeness to ensue because if we try to excise something and get rid of it we're now dealing with a different part of ourselves and still not dealing with the whole of ourselves so what we want we want the whole self to be present integrated and highly functioning then we can be the self-healer and the manifester that we are truly destined to be so we were raised in a culture that was like that was that thinks like this let's go find the problem and then let's fix the problem and then everything will be okay but the problem with that is we develop circuits for problem finding and problem solving, but we don't develop circuits for being creative at the onset. So we get really good at solving problems. The issue with that is we have to have a problem to solve in order to know who oh, we are. Wow. So we're constantly creating new problems to have some sense of self that we've been looking for all along. And it works, except that in the long run, we don't end up any happier or any more fulfilled or any healthier or any stronger and we're disillusioned because we're trying all these things that everybody's recommending but we're at the end of the day or the end of the year or the end of the couple of years or a decade even we don't really feel any younger we don't really feel you know the power consistently that we're supposed to be feeling and that's because I feel we've been trained to work in terms of partialness. And so we're, we're, we're kind of looking all around the wholeness, but never looking at the whole thing at the same time and, and, and being taught how to embrace it. So that's what we're doing. So yes, to answer your question, it is about releasing our identity as the ego but but and then dropping down into our core and allowing our true essence to have a voice that it has never had before and in order to do that we have to trust more we have to have more faith we have to feel stronger inside of ourselves we have you know we have to feel a connection yeah and that's hard to do until it's not and so that's what i teach people is how to do that 
is how to build the circuitry to have a greater sense of self, of your wisdom, of your personal power, of your ability to bring love into every situation and allow situations that are full of conflict to dissolve right in front of you so that you're living in a different reality because you're bringing it. You're not looking for the answer. You're bringing the answer into the picture. So I'll stop there and see where you want to go with this. Wow, that's absolutely brilliant. So truly, we are rewiring our brain to think an entire different way from what we were raised. What society is telling us is wrong, and we've accepted that instead of looking at the core essence of who we are. Yes, yes. You know, Einstein said we were given a beautiful gift of the intuitive Mm. and this rational mind to act as its loyal servant. We have created a culture that honors the servant instead of the gift. You know, these are, these are Einstein's words. And so this is my point Good. that we are, we think that thinking is the key and we think that learning to think smarter is a better key. Right. And, and what Einstein is saying is, no, you're just getting better at playing second fiddle. You're, you're getting, you're becoming the best second fiddle that ever was. And, and what Einstein is encouraging us to do is to say, use your mind for something other than thinking. Use your mind for, for not thinking alone. Don't just think your way into health and vitality and wholeness. In fact, you can't. You can't think your way into wholeness because your mind is only a part of you. And so if you're thinking at the exclusion of your gut wisdom rising and you being able to catch it and do something with it, you'll never be as, as wise as you could be. And you'll never make as smart of a decision as you could if your decision was based on your wisdom and on love and your own personal power as well as a divine power. When you learn how to connect those things, then your, your thinking is more of a, of a stewardship rather than it taking over. It's supposed to be the co-pilot, and it got a taste of what it's like. The mind is supposed to be the co-pilot, but it got a taste of what driving the bus is, feels like. And it's like, woohoo, you know, I'm, gonna, I'm, going, I'm taking this ride forever, and I'm not getting out of the driver's seat because it's way too fun. And so... You know, unfortunately, it's not, uh, it's not equipped. We have the mind playing a role that the mind is not designed to be in. It's not fit for it, not alone. It's, I'm not saying excise your mind either. No, you know, it doesn't do us any good to get rid of either any part of us. We have to embrace them all and teach them who's supposed to be doing what and when and get a different pecking order going so that, uh, so that a collaboration can occur that uh, really delivers us into the truth of who we are. We are eternal beings uh, equipped with eternal wisdom and have the capacity to learn how to know when to roll that wisdom out in just the right way at just the right time, not because we're calculating it and, and strategizing it, but because we can sense and feel and know when the time is right 
when it is meant to be, and we, we don't worry for days or hours or months or years ahead of that time, we know that I'll know when I get there that this is what I'm supposed to do. Now, does it mean that we don't plan and come up with ideas for our lives and all that kind of thing? No, it just means we don't identify our okayness with that plan going exactly like what we had scheduled it to be because there's a greater force at play here. And we were given the ability to monitor that plan, sense it, feel it, and roll with it in collaboration. In fact, the greatness of the universe is in support of us. It's in our favor. It's not working against us, something we have to learn how to survive. It's, it's working in our favor, hoping that we discover our greatness along the way. That, that, that's more of the nature of the universe. It's, it's, it's a, it's a, a beautiful place. It's a, a loving, kind space to be in. The question is, are we allowing it to be? Or are we identified as this mind and starting to freak out because we don't have enough answers fast enough? You know, you know this is so fascinating because this is what's wrong with the law of attraction and the way we've been taught is that it's about our thoughts and the way we think. It's not about getting down in there and doing what you're saying, embracing it all. Yeah. Because you know, how can you think your vibration up higher? using your mind. It's just one aspect. You, you have to have the whole thing. Right. Well, it, it's an important role. The whole raising your mind's vibration is an important part because it can, it can throw a wrench into the whole picture and throw everything off if, it's, if, it's, if we're not learning how to manage our minds more effectively. So it's, it's kind of how we stop the runaway train. The mind is getting, you know, mastering the mind is how we stop the runaway train. But, but then staying there in that same seat isn't going to give us what we thought we were going to get by mastering the mind in the first place, by stopping the runaway train in the first place. So the next thing that has to happen after that is we have to embrace uh, other aspects of ourselves with equal value. And we live in a culture that values the mind so much that wisdom you know, look at, look at what happens with the, the elderly in our culture, for example. They're not respected. They're not the wise man. They're not the, 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 the woman of the, the tribe that carries the wisdom that we go to for, for our answers. It's we discredit uh, right when we should be leaning in to the very people that have lived it, right? They've lived it and they, they've got it. And we don't ask. It's just as an example. That's just kind of to give us a, a, an example of, of what we think about wisdom. We're not really valuing wisdom as much as we are sharp, fast, quick intellect. And so, yay and too bad because the, the wisdom piece inside of every human being is below the navel. It's not up here in your head. It's below the navel. But people don't breathe down in their bellies. They breathe up here in their upper lobes of their lungs and they're, they're up here in this, this frantic way of living all the time. So what I'm teaching people is, wait a second, you got to get in your body first of all, or we're, or we're just going to have another conversation about this. We, we have to change how we're approaching this entire solution to this issue that humanity has about not being happy, not being healthy, not being joyful, not experiencing fulfillment, not capable of intimacy and long-lasting relationships, not understanding what loyalty and wisdom are. You know, these things plague our culture because we're in our heads 
trying to make something work that cannot work from there. So we breathe in our belly and we start to cultivate the wisdom of our lives and of our system. And it's there. It's inherently there. That deep wisdom is our inherited wisdom from generations past. The energetic is there and it's held there. And we don't know because we don't breathe any life into that area. So we have a really tough time activating it and bringing it forward. When we breathe into the lower lobes of our lungs, we cultivate the parasympathetic nervous system, which calms us down and allows us to have some space in between you know, the thoughts and to be more present in the stillness of life. And, and if we breathe in our upper lobes of our lungs, we're activating fight or flight and we're all about the got to have the answer now and I'm not going to be okay unless I do. And really dropping down into our core allows us to activate the wisdom below the navel, the personal power, which is just above the navel, the heart essence, which is our abundant connection to the whole of creation. The energy that, that the heart runs on is the, is the, is the light, the highest frequency energy of all of nature, all of creation. I mean, that's huge energy. It's abundant energy. And so if those energies aren't awake and alive and engaged and integrated inside of our system, we don't make good decisions. We make fear-based decisions. Yeah. We make decisions like this. Well, I want to do this because I'm afraid not to. I'm afraid if I do this, this is going to happen. So I'm going to do this instead. And that's like, a horrible way to plan one's life. But that's how we go about doing it more often than not. And so we want to make decisions based upon what we feel to do, what we know and sense is possible. We, it's like a belief. We just can feel it. We, we, we trust in it. But even though we haven't seen it yet, we haven't manifested it yet, we just know in our heart of hearts that this is possible and I just want to go for it. That is such an effort for people to do because we don't have the circuitry in place. It's actually there, but it's not turned on. So we don't have access to it as if it's not even there to sense and feel and trust automatically that, you know, yes, but not now. Yes, I'm going to do that, but not right now. And somebody's breathing down your neck saying, but if you don't do this, you're going to miss the opportunity. It's right here. The scarcity mentality is just maddening to our culture and creating uh, just a, a, a silly version of what a human being could actually be. It's just creating a life that is completely unnecessary for us. But because no one has taught us anything else, that's what we're doing. We're doing the best we can, given the circumstances, given the scientific research and the conclusions that we draw about it. We think that thinking is the way to go. And, and I wanna say that what people then do is they start changing their beliefs. I gotta have better beliefs. My beliefs are limiting me. I have limiting beliefs. I've got to get better beliefs. My problem is I have limiting beliefs. And I'm going to tell you that all beliefs are limiting. There's no such thing as an unlimiting belief. All beliefs are limiting in some way because the moment you have a belief, you have something to defend. And the next thing you know, you're going to be in your head trying to figure out the rightness or the wrongness and the place for it, etc. I mean, that's a radical statement to make, but I'm just trying to put it into context for people a little bit that just says, you know, let go of believing for just a moment and spend some time learning how to build the circuits that would allow your sensory nervous system to pick up on the energetic vibrations that are rising up out of your body all the time 
telling you everything you need to know exactly when you need to know it, telling you, revealing to the mind what is appropriate, what is inappropriate. It will keep you from being talked into things, managed, manipulated, maneuvered in ways that end up making you unhappy in the long run anyway, but sure seemed like a good idea at the time. Like I was afraid I was going to miss out if I didn't take that person's you know, advice or sales pitch or whatever the case may be. You know, the, the time has come for us to say enough, you know, I'm interested in landing here and having a loving, beautiful, healthy, whole life experience, period. And nothing's going to pull me off of that. Wow. And we just need to learn how to do what I'm talking about. And that's, you know, what I have the great blessing of, of traveling the world and, and teaching people how to do is... You know, how to trust yourself. How do you? How do you trust your gut? How do you feel that? How do you make that be big enough that you don't overlook it or override it? And so. You know, that's what I was going to say. The word trust, because that's what you've got to feel is the trust. That's what we're searching for, right? That we can trust that everything's going to be fine. Yeah. To feel, trust your intuition. Trust. uh, That's the word. Trust. Yes. But that's so hard to get to. (laughs) Well, it's really hard for the mind because the mind needs evidence. Tell me I should trust you. Show me how. Give me the evidence. And if I don't have experience of my own, I have to, it, it has to become logical. But here's the deal. We're made of more than logic. We are miraculous. We are beings of the miraculous. We are made of miracles that, I mean, think about it. You, you can't logically recreate a human being in a laboratory. We can decipher and boil down, well, there's this much calcium and this much magnesium, and we can pour all the parts together, but we can't make a human being that way, right? It's miraculous what happens there. And so, so likewise, the, the whole of creation is miraculous. The, the entire experience is miraculous. So if we try to limit our good decisions to logical ones only ever, we will have a limited life experience because we're meant for more than that. Love isn't logical. I mean, for goodness sakes, you know, we fall in love where we fall in love. And it might not have been the most, the smartest choice, but, but we love where we love. And that's how we do it. You know, it's beyond logic. And so there are many, many parts of us that are beyond logic. And so we have to, to recognize that, that if I'm living in my mind, if I'm living in my head, I'm going to find it really hard to trust. But if I learn how to build the neurocircuitry to perceive my wisdom, trust becomes second nature. I, it's not even something I think about. It's there for me when I need it. I completely know because I have access to think about it this way. What if you had an ongoing gut feeling that was telling you all the time what to do? You know, people, people have a gut feeling and they go with it and they don't regret it. So then my mind went to, okay, what if we had an ongoing gut feeling? What would that be like? What if we were constantly in touch with that thing that every once in a while slips through, catches our attention and and we say, you know, wait a second. No, I, I don't think I'm going to go do that thing. I, I said I was going to, and that's what I thought I was going to do, but something's telling me, mm I'm just going to go this way. And then you go this way, and you know something over there happens that you're glad you weren't a part of, or something over here happens that was amazing, and you met someone who changed your life, etc. That, 
that wisdom rose up. It shot up through your system and hit your consciousness. And you had this intuition. Mm. And what if we had that all the time? And we do. We just aren't aware of it. So what if we could build the circuitry to perceive it all the time? And that's the work of the energy codes. That's what I do is, is teaching people how to, oh, get that, to, to connect, to start to hear an unspoken language that's being delivered up through this body, which is just a system of energies that are 100% about communicating information. That's what it all is. The whole human system is about communication and in the retrieval of cosmic or universal information and filtering it through a system that can allow us to awaken to ourselves as all of that, to have access to it all, yes, but ultimately to realize we actually are that, which is a whole other conversation, but a, one I love to have. So, so what, what, what it's time for us to do is to learn how to get out of our heads first and get into our bodies, you know, second, and to be able to then build the circuitry to perceive deep wisdom, constant, unwavering information that is here in support of you and in support of everyone else constantly collaborating in a team effort for humanity to awaken to itself as God present beings, to, to be, to be that, to be that which we've been praying to for all these years, to be a part of it rather than a part from it and to allow this universe to speak through us. That's what we're destined to, to realize. Yeah. Absolutely. Brilliant. Brilliant. I love this. <laughs> wow wow you know what you've just said is like oh my god it's it's totally a, an expansive way to look at things we've been ignoring everything for so long and i love the fact that we don't have to pray to something we are that something we're a part of that universe it's so important for us to begin to change our thoughts on that that we are all one if i'm a part of that universe of that god then everyone is too i mean we truly are all one yes you know i had the the great uh the rare uh, experience of, of a true awakening uh, about 17 years ago. And I, I awakened as my own higher self, the God present self, the, wow. the Godhead or the Atman, just different religions or different traditions have described it differently. But it lit up uh, inside of me and I became very aware of the truth of who and what I am, what we all are, who we all are. And I spent the next decade trying to figure out how to reproduce that on, on command at will because it was, it was completely uh, brilliant and beautiful, blissful. And I could see 360 degrees in every direction in a light so brilliantly bright. It was 10 times brighter than the brightest day in the desert that I had ever experienced. And I was me, but I was not in a physical body. I was literally a ray of light. And I could see beneath me about the size of a marble, uh, the earth, uh, in, in, and I was embedded into it up to what would have been my knees and this brilliant light all around me was coming with every breath that I took, 
was coming through this channel, this ray of light that I was, and it was it was being breathed to the planet as love. It was coming in as light, and it was becoming the vibrational frequency of love. It was coming to Earth, and I knew in that moment that that's what we all are, that that's what we are doing, that we are choosing to bring light into uh, this dimension and it comes as love. So the willingness that we have to breathe and the willingness that we have to be the, the true whole self that we are uh, will determine how much love arrives on the planet in, in the bandwidth of human consciousness. And so the most important thing about that experience that I love to share with people is that, that it was... It was completely fulfilling, completely satiating. There was nothing missing, nothing broken, nothing wrong, no problem to fix, nothing to diagnose. There was nothing going on that wasn't whole and complete and fulfilling. There was everything there and nothing missing and there, and it was good. It was goodness. It was so beautiful, translucent, iridescent, uh, in, in all kinds of vibrant colors that, that, uh, that came into being thereafter. I had many, many openings in the year and a half or so following that. And then I spent the, the remainder of the decade trying to figure out, you know, why did this happen in my life? And what am I supposed to do with this information given what I'm doing? You know, I'm, I'm a doctor in a clinic treating patients, minding my own business, doing my thing, and boom, uh, although I was not fulfilled in my life, and I walked out onto my back balcony one night and looked up to the sky and said, okay, you show me, because, you know, I, I'm doing all the rules the right way, and it's working, but I'm not happy. You know, I'm, I'm not fulfilled. So now what do I do? Because I'm successful. It's, you know, all that stuff. But so, you know, it just wasn't fulfilling. And so immediately people started showing up in my lives in my life, in, in my life, and, and taking me to meditations and those kinds of things. And boom, boom, boom. It opened up in no time after that request. And, 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 and I now know I'm a very old soul. It's been around many times. And it was just a matter of me getting to the place where that time was right for me, for opportunity and preparedness to intersect and for things to, to wake up. So I spent, you know, after these big openings started happening, I spent the next many years uh, codifying, you know, what it took for me to get back into the place where my consciousness could access the divine again, this high frequency, this high frequency reality, heaven, as people would reference it, this, this you know, nirvana. And, and so I live there. I come in and out of that. I'm, I know that, that I could stay there all the time, but I know that my purpose on the planet is to, is to bring that out, to bring it forward, to take it out of the ashrams and off the mountaintops and let it be every man's destiny. Let it come out into our culture in a way that it hasn't been able to before. And so, you know, when we talk about how important it is to, to know about wisdom and love and light and high consciousness and the right use of the mind and how do we use the breath and how do we get out of our heads and into our body. You know, I have devoted my life to uh, determining that. And I've been teaching tens of thousands of people uh, over the last 15 years or so uh, how to begin that process for themselves. And, and so many people are healing so many aspects of their lives that, that I know that we're on to, I know that we're onto it. 
Yeah. It's time. Yeah. Let me me ask, what do, when people are taught by you, what Mm -hmm. do they tend to experience afterwards? Um, How does their life change? Yeah, in in many ways. A lot of physical healing, even though physical healing hasn't been the central focus, even though I was a physician in a clinic and and still am sometimes uh, at special programs that I have, um, focused on physical healing, the majority of the focus has been on you have to understand the truth of who you are before before physical healing is really going to happen. And if you're focused on physical healing, all you're going to get is physical healing. And you will get that, but that's all you'll get. If you focus on identifying your true essential self and starting to live as the soulful self instead of this protective personality uh, or the ego, then you're going to awaken to the truth of who you are and you're going to heal as a byproduct of that. So physical healing is inevitable because physical... Uh, the lack of physical healing exists because energy isn't flowing through your system the way that it should. And the, and the reason it's not is because you're not in your system to keep the energy moving. You're up in your head. So the, the rest of the system just kind of runs crazy. So nobody's home to heal. So we have to get you home for the healing to happen. So that's one thing. People heal physically. Migraine headaches, back pain, issues that have been chronic uh, or new injuries, all kinds of things people heal. From chronic degenerative diseases, people heal. There are all kinds of things that are going on. I'm writing about that in a book that I'm, that's coming out next spring, next year at this time by, with Simon & Schuster. It'll be out. And, and I'm sharing those kinds of case studies where physical healing and uh, all kinds of, of other types of healings. But relationships heal, financial circumstances heal. All of it's a byproduct and is an outpicturing of how much somebody really knows who they are. If we don't know who we are, we can't manifest. And if we can't manifest, we can't heal because healing is manifesting. Success is just manifesting. Good relationships are just your ability to manifest, you, and the ability to manifest love and, and so forth. So, so manifesting, and I teach a, a, co- a course called, an introductory course called the Energy Codes of Manifesting, and it's just about that. It's not about manifesting the stuff in your life. It's about manifesting you here fully. Oh, I love that. that stuff rolls out automatically when you show up in your fullness. But just living in your head, it's not going to happen. And if it does it's not going to last. That's what I find in 30 years of working with people about the whole thing uh, is that if they have to work really hard to get something to manifest, it's going to take that kind of work to keep it sustained. And so I'm really interested in people learning how to um, go about it a different way because nature's on your side. And if nature's not making it happen for you, it's because you're not working with nature. You're trying to drive it yourself and you're not a separate self. That's the illusion. We're not a separate individual. We are a stream of consciousness that is tapped in to an infinite supply of abundance. And, and I have to say, it, it is unfolding in my life so, so beautifully and so dramatic. I have to share it just as a point of contrast. I grew up sleeping on the floor in my closet. That's how uh, shy and re- reserved and retreated and retracted and contracted I was. And... And I grew up in the shadow of a brilliant man who was teaching lots of doctors how to do this natural health care, you know, procedures. And so, you know, I, what was I supposed to say in, in the face of all that? And, 
Uh, and now, you know, I walk onto stages where they say, you know, there's 90,000 people listening live. This is fantastic. You know, 20 years ago, that would have freaked me out of my skin to hear something <laughs> like that. And so what has happened is I have embodied uh, and continue to embody more and more and more of my true whole self. And that's what I'm teaching other people how to do. So people that, that have had learning disabilities, people that, that are in, uh, have been abused and, you know, it's in all kinds of ways in their childhood and their early life are finding personal power and an enriched life and intimate relationships for the first time. And they're physically healing and they're, they're feeling younger. I have people in their eighties telling me they feel younger than they've felt in in 30 or 40 years because they're turning on the flow of this eternal fountain, like the fountain of youth is turning on inside of people uh, because they're connecting the dots because they're waking up as the, the space in between the dots. They're waking up as the spirit in between the obstacles. They're waking up as the solution, the universal solvent to the issues that they've been dodging or trying to you know, manage in the course of their lives. We're just dissolving those issues instead of uh, trying to fix them or avoid them or step around them. We're realizing that those issues were just misperceptions in my own conscious bandwidth and I have to learn how to, to get underneath the story of my life and learn to work with the raw energy itself. And that's what, that's, that's for starters. What, <laughs> That's for starters. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> you got me excited here. So tell, and I know people are going to want to know, how do we get a teaching? <laughs> please, uh, please tell us, how do we do that? Well, I teach the coursework. Um, I'm developing an online course right now, and it's about right. ready to roll out um, as well. But, but I teach live events uh, across the country. And if people go to my website, they can find out how to plug in. Uh, I'm going to, you know, uh, just, just every couple of weeks, I'm um, actually every week, I'm somewhere teaching something. But the introductory places to begin would be the level one of the Energy Codes coursework or the Energy Codes of Manifesting. That introductory class is a one-day event. And then the level one is two days right after it. And it goes on. It goes deep. However deep somebody wants to go, there are four levels to the basic coursework, and then I teach advanced courses, and I do journey awakes all around the sacred sites of the world, uh, utilizing the energy that is present at those sacred sites and teaching yoga and meditation and all kinds of embodiment practices of building the circuits to get out of your head and into your body while we're at, this is pretty cool, while we're at these sacred sites destinations around the world so that we're utilizing those those concentrated energies of those places to our own benefit to learn how to teach the cells to receive new information those little antennas on the surface of the cell that we learn about with epigenetics and and, uh, and our dear friend Bruce Lipton who yeah. teaches so much about that um, we're learning how to take that information and and, and utilize it with all kinds of practices to allow you to benefit from what we're what science is now teaching us and so we we recognize that we are the environment that the cells are responding to and so we're on the inside and the outside of the actual cells of the body and uh, that's good news because uh, under those circumstances we do have the ability to generate healing in our lives and every level of our lives oh I love this uh, Dr. Sue, can you please give your web address or for the people who are listening through the radio? 
Oh, sure. Uh, it is, uh, it is com. It's D-R-S-U-E-M-O-R-T-E-R.com, drsuemorter.com. And, and you can go into the schedule there of events yeah. and, and see where we are, when we are. Yeah. Wow. This has been so great. Wow. I, I just, I'm so excited. I just feel, oh my goodness. Yeah, it's just, it just very, listening uh, to you, my vibration has shifted. I just feel it's energized. A transmission. When we start putting all the pieces together, wholeness starts waking up inside of us and it feels effervescent. It feels like, yeah, yes. It feels electrifying. And and it's a part of what happens when, when our wholeness finds itself again. And, uh, and just by having a conversation about it starts the process. And there are many, many things that people can do that are very simple techniques to begin the process of moving from your head into your core and feeling this true essence uh, and, and really developing an entire language that, that this essence can teach the mind to to queue up differently when it's time to make decisions and time to dream in our lives. Yeah. Wow. Well, thank you so much. It has been such an honor. Mm -hmm. Thank, thanks again for being the cover of the magazine and oh, the beautiful God. articles that you write. And thank you for having that experience because you truly are a teacher to all of us and we need to really invest on how we can become total we're yeah. not we're far from being total right now we need to embrace ourselves so thank you so much dr sue i love this thank you again dr sue and we will see you guys later um next week thank you so much for joining us we'll be back next week with another great show from law of attraction talk radio if you'd like to comment on tonight's show send an email to jules at loaradionetwork.com and have a great week.